Welcome to the show. I'm going to do my best to keep this shorter than my last few presentations. I really just wanted to have a quick word with you about the truly extraordinary occurrence that a federal court has enjoined the United States government from communicating with social media platforms. And the reason the judge took this extraordinary step is music to my ears. The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Let's start with this. The case to which I'm referring is styled State of Missouri et al. versus Joseph R. Biden Jr. et al. Et al. is simply a Latin abbreviation that means and others. Despite the public name of the case featuring only the name of the state of Missouri, the plaintiffs are both the states of Missouri and Louisiana and five private citizens. Before I get rolling, I want to encourage you to stick with me until the end because I have a really cool special offer for you. Missouri v. Biden was brought based on allegations made by the plaintiffs that the United States government was a major player, if not the major player, in creating the censorship Americans experienced across social media platforms, Facebook, YouTube, and pre-Musk Twitter in 2020, 2021, and 2022. The defendants are 13 federal agencies and a whole lot of people holding executive-level positions within those agencies. Those agencies are Department of Health and Human Services, National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, CDC, Department of Homeland Security, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, United States Census Bureau, U.S. Department of Commerce, U.S. Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation, U.S. Food and Drug Administration, United States Department of State, U.S. Department of Treasury, U.S. Election Assistance Commission, and of course, U.S. President Joe Biden. When I read the court's memorandum part of the order in joining those agencies, I was happily surprised to see the judge began with this quote. I may disapprove of what you say, but I would defend to the death your right to say it. That's a quote from Voltaire that appears in a 1906 book by Evelyn Beatrice Hill entitled The Friends of Voltaire. That quote is followed by this opening sentence of the order, which reads, quote, This case is about the free speech clause in the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Close quote. It doesn't get any clearer than that. The judge then goes on to give us a statement about the controversy before the court. Quote, Plaintiffs allege that defendants, that's the named government agencies, through public pressure campaigns, private meetings, and other forms of direct communication regarding what defendants described as disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation, have colluded with and or coerced social media platforms to suppress disfavored speakers, viewpoints, and content on social media platforms. Plaintiffs also allege that the suppression constitutes government action and that it is a violation of the plaintiff's freedom of speech under the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Close quote. I'm not going to go through the memorandum point by point because it is 154 pages long. Instead, I'll cut to the final two paragraphs and then move on to the judgment. The final two paragraphs of the memorandum read as follows. 
Quote, although this case is still relatively young and at this stage the court is only examining it in terms of the plaintiff's likelihood of success on the merits, the evidence produced thus far depicts an almost dystopian scenario during the COVID-19 pandemic, a period perhaps best characterized by widespread doubt and uncertainty. The United States government seems to have assumed a role similar to the Orwellian Ministry of Truth. The plaintiffs have presented substantial evidence in support of their claims that they were the victims of a far-reaching and widespread censorship campaign. This court finds that they are likely to succeed on the merits of their First Amendment free speech claim against the defendants. Therefore, a preliminary judgment should issue immediately against the defendants. Close quote. Sadly, the judge denied the plaintiff's request to have the case certified as class action, Well, that would have been epic. I do understand why the judge didn't go there. In the injunction order, the court enjoins the following agencies. Department of Health and Human Services. The National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. The CDC. Federal Bureau of Investigation. Key members of the Executive Office of the President of the United States. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. United States Department of Homeland Security. United States Department of State. After every agency and individual was listed, the order enjoins the named parties from the following. One, meeting with social media companies for the purpose of urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech posted on social media platforms. Two, Specifically flagging content on posts on social media platforms and or forwarding such social media companies urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner for removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech. Three, urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner social media companies to change their guidelines for removing, deleting, suppressing, or reducing content containing protected free speech. Four, emailing, calling, sending letters, texting, or engaging in any communication of any kind with social media companies, urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner for the removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech. Five, collaborating, coordinating, partnering, switchboarding, and or jointly working with the Election Integrity Partnership, the Virality Project, the Stanford Internet Observatory, or any like project or group for the purpose of urging, encouraging, pressuring, or pressuring or inducing any manner, removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content posted with social media companies containing protected, protected free speech. Six, threatening, pressuring, or coercing social media companies in any manner to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce posted content of postings containing protected free speech. Seven, taking any actions such as urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner social media companies to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce posted content protected by the free speech clause of the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. Eight, following up with social media companies to determine whether the social media companies removed, deleted, suppressed, or reduced previous social media postings containing protected free speech. Nine, requesting content reports from social media companies detailing actions taken to remove, delete, suppress, or reduce content containing protected free speech. And 10, notifying social media companies to be on the lookout for postings containing protected free speech. The injunction continues with, this preliminary injunction precludes said named defendants, their agents, officers, employees, contractors, and all acting in concert with them from aforementioned conduct. This preliminary injunction also precludes said named defendants, their agents, officers, and employees, and contractors from acting in concert with any others who are engaged in said conduct. 
The court then detailed its exclusions from the order. The following communications with social media companies are not enjoined by the court. One, informing social media companies of postings involving criminal activity or criminal conspiracies. Two, contacting and or notifying social media companies of national security threats, extortion, or other threats posted on the platform. Three, contacting and or notifying social media companies about criminal efforts to suppress voting to provide illegal campaign contributions or cyber attacks against election infrastructure or foreign attempts to influence elections. Four, informing social media companies of threats that threaten the public safety or security of the United States. Five, exercising permissible government speech promoting the government's policies or views on matters of public concern. Six, informing social media companies of postings intended to mislead voters about voting requirements and procedures. Seven, informing or communicating with social media companies in an effort to defeat, prevent, or mitigate malicious cyber activity. Eight, communicating with social media companies about deleting, removing, suppressing, or reducing posts on social media platforms that are not protected free speech by the free speech clause in the First Amendment to the Constitution. The most interesting part of the court's order may be the position in which it puts the government concerning an appeal. And of course, the government has appealed. Why would the government appeal? I can see only one reason. That's because the government wants to engage in the conduct from which it has been enjoined. There is literally no other reason to appeal. I've often said criminal laws are invisible to me. As an example, a statute that criminalizes rape is invisible to me because I have no desire to rape anyone. Likewise, if the name government agencies and individuals do not intend to communicate with social media companies concerning the removal of speech protected by the First Amendment, the injunction would be invisible to them. The fact that the government is appealing telegraphs that the government wants the prohibition against violating our free speech lifted so it can continue violating our free speech. The government's first step was to file a motion for reconsideration with Judge Doty, asking him to withdraw the injunction. After Doty rejected the government's request, on June 10th, the government filed an appeal with the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth is one of the more conservative circuits, so it's more likely to uphold the injunction than would some other circuits. When we consider the arguments the government is making to the Fifth, I don't think they've done themselves any favors. Let me give you a few examples. The government asserts that the injunction may have a chilling effect on law enforcement activity to protect national security interests. But what did we just read a moment ago? We read that Judge Doty's order specifically permits the government to communicate with social media companies about threats to national security. I doubt the judges at the Fifth are going to be impressed with the government's arguments. The government also asserts that the order has the potential to disrupt communications concerning the security of federal elections, warning that it creates legal uncertainty that could lead to disastrous delays in responding to misinformation. But again, Judge Doty's order contains two provisions clarifying that his orders do not apply to the government communicating with social media companies concerning threats to U.S. elections. Again, I doubt the Fifth is going to be impressed. I almost laughed out loud when I read the government's claim that the injunction will hamper the fight against fentanyl. <laughs> really? The very first item that Doty makes clear does not fall under his order is, quote, informing social media companies of postings involving criminal activity or criminal conspiracies, close quote. In its appeal, the government characterizes the language of the injunction as 
vague. Hmm, really? I thought it was impeccably clear. The only way I can see the government's vagueness argument as meaningful is if the government is saying it's uncertain what constitutes First Amendment protected speech. But here's the thing. After 232 years of the U.S. Constitution being in effect and hundreds of precedential court decisions concerning the right of free speech, if the government is still uncertain what speech is protected, that confirms how badly this injunction is needed. I'd like to think we'll hear that logic from the Fifth in its response to the government. The government then makes the argument that under the injunction, how can officials who post to social media on behalf of an agency know what is permissible or impermissible to say as a social media user? Okay, I admit I'm not a DOJ attorney, so maybe I'm not smart enough to grasp the government's point here, but I see the boundary as being pretty simple. In its relevant part, the injunction prohibits, quote, emailing, calling, sending letters, texting, or engaging in any communication of any kind with social media companies urging, encouraging, pressuring, or inducing in any manner for removal, deletion, suppression, or reduction of content containing protected free speech. Close quote. I emphasized, or engaging in any communication of any kind with social media companies, to make the point that as long as the government official who is posting doesn't tag anyone who works for the social media company or conspire with somebody else to tag an employee at the company, there is no violation of the injunction. Tagging a person who works for the platform would obviously be a form of communicating with a company employee, which is prohibited. The government has filed its appeal on an emergency basis. Of course, the Fifth is under no obligation to hear it on an emergency basis. If it does hear the appeal on an emergency basis, the panel will issue a decision within days or set a very near-term date for oral arguments. If the panel declines to hear the appeal on an emergency basis, then we likely won't hear anything substantive from the fifth for weeks. If you value this sort of meaningful fact-based presentation, do us both a favor and go to drreality.news and pick up a copy of Income Tax Shattering the Myths and or Body Science. I say do us both a favor, because when you support my work, you get more than you give. Let me explain that. I want your life to be the best it can be. Income tax shattering the missing body science will help achieve that, if you let them. We live in a time when it seems almost everything we see or hear is some sort of scam. I find that disturbing, to say the least, but it is the world we live in. Accordingly, rather than me telling you how wonderful and life-changing income tax shattering the myths and body science are, I prefer you hear it from readers. But before I do, I want to let you know that 100% of body science reviews have been five stars, and income tax shattering the myths has gotten overwhelmingly five-star reviews in the 13 years since its release, with just a few four-and-a-half-star reviews. Interestingly, the several people who gave it a four-and-a-half stars said it was because the material is so thorough they had to read a few parts a second time to retain the information. What you're about to hear are random comments about income tax shattering the myths and body science made on various social media sites. Here's one about income tax shattering the myths. Thank you for the amazing book, Income Tax Shattering the Myths. Amazing read, and I'd highly recommend it to everyone who would like to know the truth. I hit chapter five, mind-blowing. Remember a moment ago I said you're receiving more than you're giving? Peter said, 
I've told many people who have complained about the cost of income tax shattering this is worth 10 times what you are asking, as it is the book that will free them from the self-imposed slavery of income tax. Donnie says, awesome book. It will blow your mind and piss you off at the same time. Enjoy. Regarding body science, Mike says, I lent another one to a friend. He sent me this text on Thursday, quote, I've read well over 200 books on diet, nutrition, exercise, etc., and nothing compares to what I just read. Hunter says, when Champion breaks down complex physiological concepts to more readily understandable themes, he not only obliterates mainstream medical and nutritional industry dogma, but provides a much deeper understanding of what our bodies need and want in order to remain healthy. Body science exemplifies what is possible when someone cares about the truth and reaches out to help his fellow man. Help his fellow man. In my book, that's what it's all about. But of course, time has value. It's the one thing of which we can never get more. For me to continue providing these kinds of presentations, I need to at least break even on the time I put into it. You can help with that while at the same time improving your own world by purchasing Income Tax, Shattering the Mist, and Body Science. It just so happens I'm running a special right now on both. Here's how it works. For a limited time, you can save 15% buying income tax, shattering the miss alone, or you can get 15% off income tax, shattering the miss, and free shipping on your order by purchasing income tax, shattering the miss, and body science together. To get 15% off income tax, shattering the miss when purchasing it alone, use the coupon code OWNIT. I'll put the link and the code down in the notes. To get 15% off income tax shattering the mist and free shipping on your order by purchasing the bundle containing body science and income tax shattering the mist, use the coupon code FREEBIE. I'll put the link to that bundle in the notes along with the code. Thank you for your support. Please share this vodcast everywhere. Thanks for being here. Take care.